Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. You see, it was in the Mosaic Covenant that the commission was given for the children of Israel, those descendants of, of Abraham, to become priests of a holy nation that would go out into all of the world and start to spread these seeds of truth, the teachings of God, to the other members of the family that had strayed from him, those who had believed the lies of the enemy. This commission was given unto them, but this, my friend, was truly fulfilled in Jesus, that he took us, he cleansed us, he forgave us, he made a way to atone for us. To do what the Mosaic Covenant was foreshadowing and predicting through its rituals. That he might come and indwell us. That we might be able to go out of Jerusalem carrying his presence. Remember that the law of Moses was given to give us a reflection or a mark or a target to aim for. To show us what it looks like to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, thy mind, and thy strength. And to love others more than yourself. It was to give us a mirror so that we might try to reflect God to those around us. Of course, they often failed miserably at it because they were trying to do it in their own strength and logic. They had to go back and read the words of the Torah. They had to go and spend time in the temple to get close to God's presence. They had to get instruction and then go out and try to walk in it. And they more than not often stumbled and failed at it. And of course, the Bible tells us that if you've broken one of these laws, you've broken all of them. So that by the time of Jesus, everyone had gone astray. And on top of what God had to say, men had added things to it that made it so complicated that the true nature and meaning and purpose of it was lost on many of them. They forgot that it was about relationship, that the Mosaic covenant was a marriage covenant between God and Israel that it was based on love, and that the law was simply a wedding vow to show them what that commitment should look like in them. When God had manifested to them on Mount Sinai to give them the Ten Commandments to make this marriage covenant with them, they had told him, we don't want to hear from you directly, send us a man. And so he did, in Jesus. In Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, He was prophesied to us. It said that he would come and surely he would bear our grief and carry our sorrows for us. It's sad enough that God himself was in a way rejected that day. But even his fulfillment of the request that was made by most was still not believed. When all that God ever asked was trust me, give me your faithfulness. Isaiah 53 verse 4 says, Surely he had borne our grief and carried our sorrows. Yet did we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. For we all like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You see, when the Mosaic Covenant was given, it was given with a condition that you must obey the voice of the Lord God entirely in order to maintain these blessings, protections, and provisions. That none of the sicknesses 
that are placed upon the wicked would come upon you, that none of the hardships or curses that were placed upon the enemy would affect you, but they had all gone astray. And so Jesus came and took the curse. He took the stripes that we might have the blessing, the healing, his righteousness. How loving and patient and merciful is our God when we come to understand what he has done for us. It is his kindness that leads us to repentance. At Mount Sinai, they didn't want to hear from God directly. They asked for a man to come and speak to them. My friend, Jesus was that man. Will you listen or will you still reject his wisdom? In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12, it says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if you hold fast the beginning of our confession steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as they did in the provocation. Those of whom God swore that they should not enter into his rest because they believed him not. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Jesus believed the words of God. He demonstrated it entirely, even unto the death. And because of it, he was blessed. And if we are led of his spirit and have his truth and teachings within us, then we are required to walk in the same faithfulness unto obedience. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He also said that those who endure till the end will be saved. He said in times past, these things were winked at, but not now. There's no excuse anymore. He gives us the strength. He gives us the grace. You see, my friend, every covenant was by faith. They were all about trusting what God had to say. Each one simply progressively gave us greater and greater demonstrations of why we should trust his words. And the greatest demonstration of this was Jesus. God wanted to marry his church, which was Israel, in the wilderness. We see that very plainly, even through Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 2, when he said, God cried in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Remember thee the kindness of thy youth and the love of thine espousal, when thou wentest after me like a bride in the wilderness in a land that was not sown. Yes, in that wilderness they followed him in that courtship, and when it came to the marriage covenant, and even after it, many rejected him. They refused to be faithful to him. They said, give us a man instead. And we understand that Jesus came to fulfill that. But do we understand the depths of the covenant that he made with us to do it? You see, at the Last Supper, when they sat and they had that dinner, it was traditionally understood that when a man became espoused to his bride, they would have a supper in the bride's father's house. And they would drink together out of one cup, a cup of covenant, an agreement. 
that she would be espoused to him, that she would stay faithful, that she would purify herself, that she would wait for him because he would have to go back to his father's house and prepare a place for them. And when that place had been prepared, he would return with a wedding party, a time unannounced and unexpected, but by the sounding of a trumpet would she hear it and she would have everything trimmed and ready because she had been waiting in anticipation for this moment where he would come and take her away to the marriage supper where she would forever be with him. If there was any communication that needed to be made between her and the bridegroom until that day, it would be done through the best man, which for us is the Holy Spirit. You see, the disciples, they represented the church, and that night when they shared that cup of covenant at the Last Supper, the church became espoused to Christ. And when we do communion to this day in remembrance of Him, it's the remembrance of our marriage covenant with Jesus that we are to be faithful to him and to no other, that we are to wait for him, that we are to not seek attention from any other lover, that we are to be faithful to the words that he spoke to us, to believe, to have faith in his faithfulness. Jesus fulfilled the Mosaic Covenant in more ways than we can express in a one-time lesson, but amongst them one of the greatest blessings is that he marries us into the purpose of the seed of Abraham. Because in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5, he told them that if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, I shall make you a peculiar treasure above all the people of the earth, for you shall be mine, and I will make you a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Remember, their purpose was to go out and to redeem the lost children back into the family. But he would have to empower them and equip them to do this with holiness. Yet when Jesus marries us as Gentiles in, we're redeemed, we're adopted, we become part of the family. We've become joint heirs with him. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it was spoken to all those who had received Jesus that we are now a chosen generation and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness and into the marvelous light, which in times past, though we were not his people, but now we are the people of God. Though we had not obtained mercy, now we do obtain mercy. And in Revelations chapter 5, verse 9, It says that the saints of God, they sing a new song because that Jesus is worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. And when he did, he saw the slain that had been redeemed out of the sinful kingdoms of the world, out of every tribe, tongue, nation, and kindred by the blood of Jesus. And they had been made unto God kings and priests, and they reign and rule with him. You see, my friend, part of the Mosaic Covenant were these ritualistic cleansings, things like the Day of Atonement, where the high priest would go and take the sacrifice, the blood of a lamb, and sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and confess the sins of the people and pray for them and make atonement for them that they might be ritualistically cleansed. Now understand that God told Moses from the beginning that these were just a type and a shadow. He showed him what heaven looked like and that he told him to make a replica in small scale in the tabernacle that God would inhabit it and they would go through this ritual as a prophetic proclamation in faith of something real that was coming one day. 
because you see there was a problem. The mercy seat was actually a representation of the throne of God, which is in heaven. And because that no sin can enter into kingdom, that from the fall of man, no one was able to enter in to the throne room of God to come before the mercy seat and bring an atonement, a worthy sacrifice to cleanse men of their sin. This is why the devil thought that he won when sin came in. Not only were men separated from God, but they had no way to approach him to even ask for forgiveness until Jesus. The first man that ever died, sinless. Oh, the devil made a mistake when he killed Jesus that day. Because he was able, as our high priest, without any sin in him, to walk in to heaven. The very throne room of grace and bring the blood of an atonement, a sacrifice, his own. And sprinkle it upon the mercy seat and make intercession for you and for me and say father forgive them they didn't know what they were doing which of course God did because it was always his heart and desire to forgive but he had to follow the ordinances of the agreement so that now my friend if you believe it you can come to that same mercy seat you can come boldly before the throne of grace in humility in the name of Jesus, ask for his blood to cleanse you, to atone for you, and God will allow it. And then once you are cleansed, you can ask to receive his Holy Spirit into you, that you might be made new, that you might be his temple, that you might then go out and carry his presence to every tribe, tongue, and nation, to be that holy priesthood that was prophesied from the beginning to walk in the fullness of this covenant. You see, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 says this, seeing that we do have a great high priest that passed into the heavens, which is Jesus, the Son of God. Therefore, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmity, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet remained without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Jesus tore the veil for you and for me. Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or in the new moon or of the Sabbath days, which were a shadow of things to come, but the body of it is Christ Jesus. All of these things that were given in the Old Testament were a prophetic proclamation, a demonstration of what was coming to take place one day through the body of Jesus. In Galatians chapter 3 verse 22 it says, But the scripture hath concluded all were under sin, that the promise by faith of Christ Jesus might be given to them that believe. So whether you were Jew or Gentile, it didn't matter. All had gone astray. Everyone was equally as guilty in the time of Jesus. It took his blood to atone for everyone that we might all be brought back into the family. My friend, there is no place for pride at the throne room of grace. We all need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us, that we might receive again of God's Holy Spirit. So choose to believe it, receive it, and walk in the freedom of it. It says, but before that faith came, we were kept under the law, 
shut up to faith until that which should afterwards be revealed. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. You see, my friend, everything that was given then was by faith looking forward to what was coming. Everything that we now have is looking backwards in faith to what was done by him. It was always about what God would do through Jesus. Because you see, God is a God of covenant. And he made a covenant with Jesus that will not be broken. Jesus made covenant with him and completely fulfilled the terms of it. Therefore, we now come into covenant with Jesus. And therefore, when we receive him into us, his spirit, it is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. Therefore, it causes me to be in fulfillment to all of the covenants that he fulfilled for me. And all I have to do is keep my covenant with him and be the bride of Christ, abide, trust in his teachings and the leading of his spirit, have faith, trust in what he did and is still doing. What God granted Jesus applies to us, not because of us, but because Jesus is in us. And God will honor the agreement that he made with Jesus who is not only the only one who never broke covenant with him, but is also the only one who fulfilled all of our parts in it. The only man without sin. The only one who never failed to keep the covenants. Jesus fulfilled his terms and God will fulfill his, of which we partake if we are in him by faith. So what exactly is this new covenant and what are the terms of it? We'll discuss that in the next message. But I want to leave you with this. From Colossians chapter 2 verse 10, it says, And you, my friend, are complete in him, Christ, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also... You are circumcised with a circumcision that is made without hands. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, we are buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us. Did he take them out of the way, nailing them to his cross? And having spoiled powers and principalities, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them. Therefore, let us no more be judged in meat or in drink or in respect of these holy days or of the new moon or of the Sabbaths, which were a shadow of things to come. But the body of them is Christ Jesus. This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.